Hello everyone, I'm Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. Today we talk to Mike, Barrence, and Gio of The Brown Goose, an alt-rock band based in Florida. Without roadies to pack up their van, the band prepares themselves for the heavy lifting by lifting other heavy things at the gym. While they all have been playing music for many years, it wasn't until Mike invited the gang into the band that the Brown Goose as we know it was formed. The band takes inspiration not only from their own life experiences, but metaphorical situations and movie soundtracks. Having recently released their first album, This Is The Way, they're ready to hit the road with their new music. Without further ado, Running In The Streets by The Brown Goose.
the Brown Goose, uh, the band. Thank you guys so much for coming on. We really appreciate you being here with us today. Of course. Thanks for having us on. I think we wanted to talk a little bit first about your common interests. It seemed like as a whole, the band was pretty interested in things like hiking and nature and outdoors and trails and things of that uh, nature. So like, give us a little bit of a rundown of how you guys got interested in that and how you proceed to be involved in those things. Actually, then I went to, um, so I just like being outdoors and uh, it's also just a good workout for me. Um, and I just have a few friends that really love doing it. We went to uh, the Florida Trail. We went through the Cathedral of Palms and it was just like a six mile hike. But it was like, a, like in three miles, you get like two, it's just, it's just nothing but palm trees. So I thought that was amazing. It's just beautiful to do stuff like that. So that's why I like doing it. It's just like very pretty and it's a workout. And then if you're going on a hike like that, there's at the end of it, it's a spring. So you're like super hot and then you can just jump in the spring and it's amazing. It cool you off really fast. Yeah. yeah, Gio and I have both been, are both from Tallahassee. So we're both used to doing hiking in like swampy conditions, right. berries from Alaska. So we're all kind of, like Tallahassee is kind of in the middle of nowhere where Barry uh, grew up. Obviously in Alaska, you get into a lot of outdoorsy things. So I'd say that I will say there was, there was only four gators that I saw when we were in the yeah. spring, but they were pretty far away. Yeah. We didn't like mess with them or anything, but that's something you yeah. get used to being a Floridian. That's so crazy. Cause like when I like, yeah. the, like seeing deer is like the most common thing, like when you're out in like Pennsylvania. So when people are like, Oh, Florida alligators, yeah. I'm like, what? But they're like, yep. no, that's a normal thing. And it's I think that's like, wild. Oh, it's just like <laughs> a giant fish that can hurt you kind of, but it's a reptile. Yeah. <laughs> don't, just a dinosaur. don't mind it. Lizard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we don't we res we just make sure we are like respectful of our surroundings. You know, as long as you don't go swimming at night in like a super highly populated alligator area, you're pretty like okay. Right. Yeah. I think it's better when you're with people because then they don't really. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you just don't want to be the one alone in like Lake Talquin or something like that at like midnight. Yeah. Unless you like step on like a That's baby alligator or something, then mom, <laughs> yeah, mom for Nothing you. Like I just don't, I don't go swimming in places <laughs> like that at all. <laughs> Even I in the day, <laughs> inner tubing and, you, and you're the one that falls off. Like if you're getting pulled by a boat and you fall off the inner tube or like the wakeboard or whatever, even though you know you're pretty, like odds are you're okay. You're always just sitting there waiting with your life jacket on. You're like, all right, you guys can come back now. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, take too long. <laughs> I don't, I could not. I I applaud you. I have a lot of respect for you for doing that, <laughs> being near alligators. But my goodness, that's just, that's not a deer. <laughs> I mean, deer, no joke either. It's true. Deer, I've seen that's ideas true. There's people, people getting their ass totally kicked by a deer. <laughs> it's like a, an alligator is not going to run you down. Not that a deer will, but... Um, an alligator definitely not going to run you down. Like you can avoid them. <laughs> They're like, not going to you know. get your car. Dude, wait. 
do yes, alligators absolutely. like stare easily like deer do like yeah. if you make a sound will it, will it, it has run to be away? like a really oh, okay. huge that makes me feel a little bit better about alligators <laughs> they have to be really huge to not be afraid of people you guys do a lot of outdoors stuff um yep. and you said um earlier that like one of the big things for you with hiking was because it's like exercise and i think that's another thing that seems to overlap a lot with you guys um specifically like weightlifting i think a couple of you said you were interested yeah. in and you did so tell us a little bit about that because i only have ever known one person who weightlifted and he <laughs> scares me Oh yeah. Uh, well, I know that a lot of us like grew up playing sports and stuff like that. So uh, we had a, a, we all had a background in it as kids and stuff like that. And then we, I would say, pretty recently in the past uh, couple of years, have have been trying to get just feeling better on the road and stuff. You know, like carrying all the gear and like even just playing the instruments, like throughout COVID and stuff like that, we had to play smaller shows and, and many times, you know, forced to play acoustic and your, your wrists feel beat up after doing that for weeks on end. And weightlifting helped uh, Barry with back problems. It helped me with wrist problems. It, it's really helped. Uh, I mean, I think, I think mentally it makes everybody feel, you know, uh, empowered and better about themselves and, you know, the things that you can push your body to do. And it, it makes the whole performance better. We actually now are training for live shows a lot of the times when, whenever, whenever we're working out, like, you know, we jump around a lot. So we're like, maybe we should do some box jumps because we're going to be gassed 45 minutes in if we don't, you know? See, see, and I work out with Mike. Mike's like, you know, yeah. the, the more experienced of the two of us at working out. And um, he, he also dates a trainer. Um, yeah, my girlfriend's a CrossFit coach <laughs> and she kicks our ass all the time. Yeah. And yeah. And then in turn, Mike kicks my ass all the time. And it's, it's, it's super intense, but it is, it is really helping. I'm, I'm very much enjoying it because of that. It, it brings us back to like totally. that whole camaraderie thing and, you know, like yeah. stretching your limits and stuff. And then like, it's totally noticeable on stage, like just the, the, the stamina, the ability to like jump up and down and then also load and unload your right. stuff like multiple times. Cause we're, you know, still at that level where we're doing all that so yeah we don't have roadies so you know being able to lift the equipment and not mess yourself up that we just makes you so you guys are talking a lot about like having to unpack and pack and we know you guys have been on tour a few times uh what's what's it like for you guys as a group like what does a tour sort of look like for you guys um I guess uh, a lot of the times we'll end up going out for as long as we have shows booked and then we'll come back to Tallahassee after like three or four days and we'll, we'll get a few days at home to rest and regroup and then we'll hit it back again. And we hardly ever even stop touring. It's like, well, there'll be like a, like a couple of weeks of a lull maybe, and then we'll be right back at it, but we'll, we'll break it up. We'll be like, Oh, yeah with the exception with the exception of, of 2020, 2020. yeah but it'll be like we'll be like on one like the summer tour and that kind of runs right into the fall tour but eventually we'll just release another flyer and be like oh now it's the fall tour <laughs> you know so but we're constantly touring you know yeah we pretty 
we pretty much stay stay busy and stay um, playing shows. And just our circuit is generally, you know, um, drivable distance within like one day of, of, of Tallahassee. So, um, you know, if we're not playing, like you generally don't play like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, yeah. But uh, but that being said, you know, like sometimes we go out for like longer periods of time and everything like that. Right before uh, uh, yeah. right before COVID happened, we were actually like in the middle of Texas and we were we had like I don't know, like five five of the end of the shows canceled or something like that and so we had to turn around and come back but you know yeah. it, it was a bummer but uh but you know like we made it it's a story to tell now we weren't alone yeah we, <laughs> yeah, we drove right back from like college station geo drove. <laughs> drove the bulk of it it was bad it was like raining over the Louisiana Bayou, and we we're on like these big like uh, causeways that is just like underneath you. It's just nothing but swamp for like miles, and the only people on the road other than us were semi trucks. And it's just pouring down rain. We're trying to drive through the night. Everywhere, everywhere you see is closing because it's like right at the beginning of COVID, and nobody knows like what's actually going to happen. And we were like, what if we get stuck right. outside of Florida on like the other side of a state border or something? So we were freaked out and we were like hightailed it with our tails between our legs back to Tallahassee in one swift drive. There was no gas and everything too. Yeah. Fast food. It was no fast food. But but like we yeah, we made it though. Like it it we were we were worried at the time, but looking back on it, we were totally fine. But like generally our tours look a lot like, you know, like we go out like uh, you know, like two, three, four days at a time um there's four or five of us um depending on if we have a keyboard player with us or not um packed into a mercedes sprinter van we call the blackfish um because it looks sort of like an orca um so so yeah so we stole the name from that that movie and um it's our pirate pirate vessel as we're pirates of the road you know and uh mike's got a little picture of it on his shirt right there he's if he just, oh there we go there's our pirate flag um there he's famously wearing our merch too to the yep, right here <laughs> the brown goose actually we don't even make the shirt anymore but um but it's still still a fan favorite um it's, oh, the, it's, boy. it's, it's the boy you know uh, yeah this is this is this is goose right here right there the brown goose right there's a chocolate lab named goose um okay that and, was uh, that was gonna that, be one of my questions is where did boom. the name brown goose come from how about and, that yep yeah, that's goose and then like right up here that's luna and then that's astro they're toy poodles right there you see them and uh yeah we're very dog dog and animal friendly band are the other two dogs jealous that you named the band yeah, no. after goose <laughs> no goose is their goose is their uncle um and uh so yeah. so you know they came way 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 way, way after. Right there. there he is <laughs> That's the newer piece of merch right there what yeah, a guy. chocolate lab so yeah. before the tours before you know all the music before the brown goose started how did you guys each individually get your start in music and then you know find each other to form the band you, you want me to start since i'm the oldest i guess yeah, there i you started go. i started first okay <laughs> um, yeah. cool well i mean i started playing guitar when i was like about 15 years old um which in my age life was later than them but 
years wise it was before them <laughs> um but uh but yeah, I started playing when I was about 15. Um, I, you know, used to take my stepdad's acoustic guitar and learn how to play songs so I could like, you know, sing to girls at school and stuff like that. And um, then uh, then I moved to Florida um, right after high school to kind of start a band and, and was playing for many years and then started playing some shows with Mike um, and Gio and different bands really. And um, then, you know, like, the band I was in sort of kind of like folded into the Brown Goose eventually. Ooh, so, nice. I guess you're okay. next, Mike. <laughs> I go now. Okay. So yeah, I grew up, um, had older, had an older brother and his friends who were always playing in bands and that was, they started playing guitar and messing around uh, garage band stuff whenever I was like, fourth fifth grade and so obviously being the little brother i wanted to do what they were doing they went like they went like the metallica route route which i i love metallica too and uh, at the you know uh especially at that age learning like you know understand man on guitar and stuff like that but then i i got super into like pop punk and listened to blink 182 and alkaline trio and wore nothing but hurley and atticus t-shirts and stuff and uh stayed in that for a long time uh played guitar throughout high school with friends and stuff in different rock bands you know battle of the bands and stuff like that got out of high school um did, did the college thing where when the brown goose formed and then eventually uh ran into barry who was playing for another band and geo who were playing for another band and all of our bands ended up being the same band <laughs> so that's yeah that's i guess that's the summary for me geo you're up yeah so um my mom's a music teacher and my dad plays professional classical guitar so music's just kind of been around my life all my life um but i didn't really get into guitar till i was about 13 and that's when i heard i was like oh you could do electric guitar all i've heard was like classical guitar um but at the time, me and my brother were, like, playing guitar together. He was into, like, Guns N' Roses and stuff like that, ACDC. And I was playing with a friend at the time. And we were into, like, Slipknot and Killswitch Engage and Lamb of God and System of a Down. So we got into the metal aspect of things. And I think that's what really took off guitar for me. And we'd, like, play in bands together. We'd always jam. And then eventually, I think we played our second show. We were in a band together. And we met the Brown Goose. That was the first time I met those guys. And it was our second show. And I think we were opened up for the Brown Goose. And then later on, four years ago, I think, I've been with the band. So it's been four. four November will be four years. November. With the Brown Goose. November will be been four fun. years, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So one thing that I'm just kind of... Barry, you came from Alaska. <laughs> so how did you end up staying in Tallahassee, Florida? Because these two places are not only far in distance, but just so drastically different. Oh, well, true. Well, um, well, it's an interesting story. So my stepdad, when I was growing up, the same one who I used to steal his guitar um, or borrow, whatever, um, I, he eventually gave it to me. I would show it to you, except it's literally in the same room as Mike right now. 
Um, <laughs> but, uh, but eventually he just, he just gave it to me eventually. But, um, he grew up here in Tallahassee, Florida, like less than a mile from where I'm at right now. Um, and, uh, and so he had family down here and we just came to visit him right after I graduated high school. Like it was still in that summer and I didn't fully know what I wanted, was going to do like school wise or anything. I was like enrolled in university of Alaska Anchorage, but, and wasn't really feeling it. Um, and, uh, that, that same time it was like in the year 2000. So the band Creed was like super huge at the time. And they had, they had, come from Tallahassee Florida and so I, I happened to be here and I was like and his family was here I was like well I'll just move down here and so I moved down here you know um and tried to start a band and have been playing music ever since so when you guys found each other like when you guys found uh the brown goose how did you end up merging like how did you guys know that you were um a fit for the band you were a star Barry uh sure well i mean mike started the band so mike uh, well, you know how did you recruit he, he was the main guy <laughs> um well i remember um it was really funny because the way that it happened with uh with barry first was like there was another there's another uh there's a lot of like everybody in the, in the band is singing a lot on these recordings and, and live we switch back and forth with the, with the vocals a lot and there was another singer um songwriter in the band on the other side of the stage for me named dallas bolin a very talented country singer and eventually he wanted to do a solo country career so which made a lot of sense because we were like a rock band and so whenever we made that split it was right around the same time that Barry's band was undergoing a lineup change and everybody, all the other people in the band at the time, Kyle McKenzie and um, Patrick Sowell, we were all kind of like, well, damn, what if we got Barry, yo? And it was really funny because I called Barry one day or like, I don't even know, I don't know if Barry called me or if I called him. And I was like going to present him with this idea and he already was like trying to present me with the same idea. I feel like it was like, oh, well, all right, this, this worked out really well. And uh, and then years later, we were undergoing another lineup change. And um, we had a suggestion that uh, Giovanni be added to the lineup. And that was when Barry switched to playing bass as opposed to guitar. And Gio played, plays guitar now. There's a lot more to that story too. But say, I'm yeah, let somebody for, else go. Whenever, for me <laughs> getting into the band, um, they needed a bass player. So Barry, Barry and Mike hit yeah. me up saying that they needed a bass player. That Barry wanted to switch to bass. For me, I was like, oh well, I don't want to like mess up the band sound or anything like that. And they're like all just like all in, like do your thing. And they kind of gave me the freedom to like take over guitar. So that was really cool. So, yeah, so like Mike said, I, I was in a, a totally different band. This actually, like, kind of the band I started when I first moved down here. Um, and uh, it wasn't going through a lineup change. Like, I had, like, two guys straight quit on the spot, one practice. And uh, it was, it was, that was on some weird stuff. Uh, we got um, a really good opportunity, kind of a big opportunity to record some songs for a, for a guy who owned some rights to some songs. And, uh, they they 
didn't want to sell out and it wasn't even selling out, but, uh, but I'm glad that that happened because, uh, that, that presented me the opportunity. That's why I called Mike on the phone. I was like, I'm trying to rebuild my band now. Um, and then little did I know, Mike's like, oh, whoa, you're in my <laughs> band now. Uh, so, and <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, and and that, that just seemed to work right away from the start because he was already used to the two singer thing. In my band, I was like always the, the main singer. And I always really wanted to have harmonies and stuff, but nobody could really pull it off in the band I was in. Um, like like we like we can in the brown goose so as soon as i joined with mike it was like he was like already trying to harmonize with me i was already trying to harmonize with him and then uh so we played for some years and we went through several bass players um patrick sal uh mike mentioned the original guy went through a couple more um trying to find the right right person and then all of a sudden we we got some uh some booking agents some friends of ours started booking us for a bunch of shows and we couldn't find a fill-in bass and bass player fast enough, so I started having to play bass at these shows. And we were just down to one guitar, keyboards, and bass. We really like having two guitars. And um, someone suggested Geo that uh, you know the band he was playing in, um, whose bass player we were borrowing from time to time. They weren't really doing much, and he was wanting to play. And so we're like, "Why don't you come over here and play some guitar?" And it was awesome because. Like I was an okay guitar player, but he plays a similar style, but like much more realized, I feel, than than anything that I was able to do. So it Thanks, just like Barry. really <laughs> completed that sound. <laughs> hey, no problem. Gio's a bad man on that guitar. You are too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. And so you guys just came out with first album this is the way so tell us a little bit about that process and uh like the writing process and how that album came to be okay some of them were older songs that were um i guess almost reimagined and um but mainly you know kept pretty similar to how they're written but then there's a few songs <clears throat> like proven steadily which came together uh that was the old thing that barry had written that came together in the studio um I had a piece yeah, of people were written. Really, uh, there was a few things that came together in the studio, but for the most part, we tracked everything out at Barry's house and did scratch takes of everything. You know, just kind of like yeah, right there right behind here. him, and got a lot of rough drafts of everything, and you know, skeleton, you know, versions of the songs as we, you know, you know, were come had them coming together, and then we went to. Valdosta and recorded with producer uh engineer Lee Dias um with Earth Sound recording and um he's done people from uh, Mayday Parade to Evergreen Terrace and Good Radio and stuff like that and he was a a bigger name in our small little area down here but um like what a wonderful producer he is and uh an engineer what a cool studio he's got so I think we were lucky to uh, to have been able to do that. But we started it right there uh, behind Barry. That was the beginning of the recording process. It was right there. Yeah, like like Mike said, a lot of the, uh, some of the songs were were already uh, kind of like written um, previously. Like we'd been playing them live for quite a while, but we'd never really recorded them. So we kind of put those down. But uh, but some were just like little bits of ideas that we just sat down like one uh, uh when the whispers fade um mike had this kind of riff 
and uh, we just call it the Aerosmith riff. Um, that doesn't really even sound like Aerosmith now, yeah. but but it did at the time yeah. in our heads. Um, but we we sat down at this bar restaurant at lunch one time and just set up a video camera and just jammed in front of the video camera several times. And I just like spliced the video together and I was like, dang, we got a whole song here. Um, and then so we started arranging the song like that and started playing that live. Um, we had this one that Mike had written for for a friend of his that he grew up with that had passed away. And um, like he'd written it years before. And then at some point uh, they were having like a, a memorial, like a years after memorial service kind of. Remembrance. And yeah. so remembrance yeah and so we uh we they asked us to play at that and so he we revived the song for that i think is when we revived yeah. it really and um yeah that was that was really yeah, beautiful totally. um and then after that one of the the people he's talking about in the song which was her boyfriend um he like he ends up passed passed away a, a couple years later um and that was really sad so you know we had to put that one on there to to honor them and Absolutely. everything um yeah and, and then like like you said the creep and steadily one was like when i first joined the brown goose um i had part of that song like up on my reverb nation page and it was just like what is just the main little verse lick on guitar and like some weird auto-tuned vocals and mike mike was like from the very get-go when i first joined the band he was like i really want to mess with this song mm -hmm. and he's like got this whole other part that he had to sing for it and um, I uh, like didn't do anything for a long time. We showed it to Gio one time. She was like, we got to mess with this. And then we never did. And then finally one day I was like, all right, I guess, I guess we got to finish this or something. So we kind of put the rest of it together and really built it, like you said, like right here and then in the studio. Um, so, so that was good. Jonathan also has a, a studio at his house and uh, it's like much more elaborate. He can record drums and stuff like that. Uh, and we did a lot of of the pre-production there as well so when we went into lee's studio kind of the songs like completely laid out and then we just like muted track by track and just like okay we're going to record the next part now you know cut that yeah, out with you know? more and, guitar uh, amplifiers and stuff like like all the stuff lee had in there better mics all that stuff yeah he is he is an amazing like mike said an amazing producer and engineer and builds a lot of his own equipment as well yeah. How did it feel to have finally have that album released and have people hear like all those recorded songs, you know, you've been playing them on tour, but have them released officially for that first time. I feel like all of us been waiting for so long just to get it out there and, you know, COVID and everything backing that up. Uh, we we're just happy to get it out there for everybody to be yeah. able to listen to. And yes. You even the touring with the like the beginning of the I was just talking to Barry about this earlier today like with how limited the touring was even whenever we like dropped the album um I feel like we're we're actually gonna now do like the the actual tour where we're promoting that album is gonna start like now because we're gonna be going to other places you know god willing <laughs> like uh, hopefully you know uh uh we won't be we won't be cramped up and stop this see this go around you know yeah it, it felt really awesome like geo and said and mike said and um it's uh it's gonna be good 
like Mike said, to get it out in front of more people and stuff like that. We got uh, physical copies that just came out last Friday in uh, in Europe in CD stores and stuff, um, where I guess they still have CD stores in Japan and, and everything like that. Um, and it's been available in CD stores for a couple of weeks here in the U.S. So that's been it's been really cool. It's been kind of surreal to be able to go on like Walmart.com and and yeah. be able to see your CD there. Um, that's yeah. something I I didn't know I was ever going to see. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, my girlfriend brought bought one off of Walmart just to be able to say she did. <laughs> that's support. Support. You get it. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So with this album out now, you guys. I imagine feel pretty accomplished having done this big thing. How do you guys think that you have evolved musically since you started to get to this point? Well, I know we've gained a lot of more experience of like networking. Like we're a lot better at doing that. Just going on the road. Well, before these guys, I've never been on the road before. So definitely now I have the experience of touring and yeah. Definitely gotten better at it, knowing what to do and not to do. True. True. So. Yeah, that's definitely fine. Yeah, a lot of miles. There's a lot of miles that have happened on these uh, on these dudes here <laughs> that have, oh, that have gotten us to where we are. Yeah, we've gone like just just since Geo's joined the band, like like eighty or ninety thousand miles. But but yes. I can I can tell you some things that have that have it, like evolved with us for sure is uh, vocal harmonies, yeah, um, and uh, like playing tighter, being able to read each other on stage more, um, yeah. all those kinds of things. Like we we like it translates to non musical things too. Like I'm constantly like throwing things at these guys, not like at them, but like they'll be like, let me get the van keys, and I'm like already throwing them to them <laughs> before they even know but they're always catching them. Like we're always on the same page, but it's kind of remarkable. Um, but it's, I mean, I think that's a product of, of spending so many hours together, you know? Um, synchronicity. Yeah. Synchronicity. Yeah. Is that the right word for that? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> could be. If it's not, it is now. You could use it so. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we've all gotten better as, as the years have gone on at our actual instruments and at singing, you know, the more you do it, uh, the more you yeah. with with the people uh, that you normally do it with, the better you're going to get at it. And okay. also, we're, we push ourselves musically, too. You know, we're constantly like, wow, it'd be crazy if we pulled that off. And, and we usually try to shoot pretty high. And I think, uh, you know, usually sometimes even surprise ourselves, you know? <laughs> For sure. In instances like that, what are some of your or who or what are some of your inspirations either musically or like um you know within like life experiences that you write base your writing off of or lyrics and stuff like that a lot of our a lot of our um lyrical content i feel like has been uh come come from life experience whether it be literal or metaphorically speaking and then i know um you know, uh, as far as technique on like instrumentals and stuff like that, we'll go through phases just like anybody else would as far as musical, you know, like there'll be one one day, maybe we're listening, you know, maybe Geo's listening or something 
he's gonna be playing riffs that are more like that you know and then there's i'm playing something else i'm listening you know whatever you're listening to maybe you you do that a little more but i don't know i think it's different for everybody for sure yeah i think also helps like going to some concerts that you like the artists that you look up to gaining some more knowledge just by watching them <laughs> yeah you help a lot totally um, like like do's and don'ts as well just like oh that's what you shouldn't do <laughs> even just watching a concert in general um but yeah just uh feeding off of each other as well i think we push push each other a lot um there's a lot of things that i've watched barry and mike do and then i gain some experience from that and maybe likewise to them i'm not sure but you know sometimes there's probably things that he watches what we do and he's like maybe i don't do that <laughs> like, but things like uh yeah but just also learning from each other giving each other that experience totally. yeah yeah i'd say it comes from like i mean a lot of lyric especially lyrical content comes from straight life experiences or or like like mike said like metaphorical life experiences like sometimes we'll be just like you know like ask a question with a song in a, in a way or just talk about a topic like uh uh like when the whispers fade is sort of like just a straight talking about toxic relationships and you know that comes from somewhat life experiences but then also like you can pull from things you know you stereotypes you see in movies and stuff tv whatever um and uh and just just kind of help guide you to really guide someone else in some sense um of whatever point you're trying to make you know in the song uh and then uh i i get a i think inadvertently and and oddly enough we get a lot of influence from movie soundtracks um specifically uh space jam soundtrack and the shrek 2 soundtrack um we like we definitely have connections with that like we didn't do it on purpose but we realized like I, we cover three songs off Shrek 2 and at least one or two songs off Space Jam, not even knowing they were on those soundtracks in the first place, just liking the songs. Um, but I think there that's something that people don't think about a lot. Or it, I, I had a lot of soundtrack CDs when I was growing up because uh, it was ways to kind of like sneak some music that my parents didn't necessarily want me to have, but they didn't realize on this movie soundtrack, you know? Um, damn you're so right though about that <laughs> like i had like i remember one one i had that this this isn't like necessarily a musical influence but man it was such an influence i used to bump this one all the time was the set it off soundtrack i don't know if you remember that movie but it's got a um uh jada pinkett i think it was when she was still jada pinkett and queen latifah and they're these kind of like down their luck ladies like blue collar ladies and uh they like rob some banks and stuff like it's a, it's a bank robbery movie it's pretty dope though great soundtrack <laughs> i just i i appreciate like yeah. the sudden realization that mike had as you were talking about this <laughs> he's, he's gone <laughs> like bye guys he's like peace they know me <laughs> yeah no, that's so, that's so true, though. I did that. I think it was like, I don't know who it was that was on a soundtrack that I got that I was like not supposed to listen to, but I, I skirted it. I found the loophole. Yeah, I listened to a lot of rap music that way. I wasn't really supposed to listen to rap music growing Maybe up. that's what it was. Like, yeah. Like, or some shit. Yeah. Oh. So 
what <laughs> is coming next for you guys? Can we expect to see any more music release soon? Like, do you have anything planned that you're working on? What's going on? We're about to set off on this next tour. Um, you know, uh, COVID willing and everything like that. We're all getting, you know, we've all got vaccinated and that's, that's a great thing, but we have, we have, um, let's see here, basically all fall we're going to be on tour. Nice. <laughs> Promoting this album. Gotcha. I looked at our schedule and I was like, well, it's pretty much <laughs> for the foreseeable future. <laughs> well, how, how, however, yeah, we are going to be on fall tour, but however, we're, we're currently working. There's like literally a pro tool session sitting behind me um, of a song we're working on. We got like at least two songs we're working on right now. Um, it's kind of like some low key stuff. I'm not going to say too many details about it. Um, but, um, but yeah, we got these that we're working on and, uh, we've kind of started writing some other stuff already, you know, like we started during, during the whole COVID break, you know, writing some stuff. And then we kind of got into, uh, recording some goofy music videos, um, and just kind of like with our cell phones, it started out when we were completely isolated in different locales, like right now, just recording stuff and learning how to video edit. And then did like three or four little goofy cover music videos that are on our YouTube page. And uh, you can search it just the Brown Goose on um, the official music page and, uh, and you'll get some laughs for sure. We had some fun with that. Um, and uh, yeah, just stay tuned. We got we definitely maybe maybe going to record some covers. We talked about some Christmas songs. Yeah, you know, you'll never Christmas. know. Yeah, you don't know what you're going to get with the Brown Goose. All right. Well, we love to hear that. And I think it's safe to say we're excited to see what's coming next for you guys. Excited for you guys to go on tour. And Sydney, do you have any other questions for the Brown Goose? So where can we follow you guys online and stream and listen to all of your music? At the Brown Goose. Everywhere. Yep. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, Spotify. Spotify iTunes, Apple. Apple Music, Deezer, Google Tidal, Play. Amazon, Dip, Dippo or something like that. There's Dupo. Um, Only and uh, don't don't forget the 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 is important. That's true. The the yeah. brown need the, goose. The. the brown goose. You need the 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 yeah. I meant the the. the. Sorry, the. sorry. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. You need the right. Mike, Barry, uh, Geo, thank you guys so much for being on with us today. It was a great pleasure talking to you guys. Thank Likewise. you. Likewise. This has been Little Known Tracks. Thank you so much for listening. If you or a loved one want to be featured or know someone who should, send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast at gmail.com. Also, do yourself a solid and follow us at LKT Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. See you soon.